When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Donna and Steve experience on My Talk 1071. Talk is fun. Woo! We are living in a snow globe right now here in Minnesota. I'm looking out my window. I'm seeing what appears to be about eight and a half inches of snow on my railing. Thank oh, you. You have snow on your railing? I do. It's, it's sitting straight up. That's <laughs> if you that makes sense. That well, that's interesting to me because it's been blowing. Yeah. We have zero snow on our railing, but the there's like the very light, powdery snow that is all over the backyard and big snow drifts and all sorts of stuff. You know what never materialized was the heavy wet snow. They had been Which thinking I'm that glad. it would be light snow, fluffy snow, and then heavy wet snow for uh, a snowman. But that never really uh, materialized. But I was out in the backyard this morning, just ran up from doing some stuff with Kelly and Ryan. Oh, my word. Fun. What a morning that was, though, because I opted for the idea of let's set up a fake living room outside. So this morning yeah, cool. at like 6 a.m., I'm out shoveling my yard to make a big rectangle for an area rug. And then bring out like a little couch. <laughs> I've got two lamps out there. I've got a coffee table. You're prepared that all of this will be ruined, I assume. That is correct. That was the the whole, well, the whole plan was that at any moment I would do setup and then my phone would fail on me because it was all shot by me on my phone. And so we tested yesterday and it it, uh, it worked well. So we were just hoping that the internet would hold up, Um, but it worked great. But the fluffy snow... Um, this will air at 11 a.m. here in the Twin Cities. Uh, it already, already aired on the recorded. East Coast. But I said, guys, this, the snow is too fluffy, so they wanted me to build a snowman so that at the end of the episode they could check in and we could see how the snowman is. And uh, I said, well, we got fluffy snow, so I can't do that. The I said, why don't we bury me in snow, the human snowman? I'll have the kids come out and bury me up to my head in snow. I'll lay down. And Gelman said, um, how about instead we just watch the pain as he tries to build a snowman? So my, <laughs> my god-awful creation of a powder snow, essentially Jabba the Hutt, is what will be revealed at the end of the episode. But, uh, yeah, it was fun. a lot of fun. And the technology held up, which was all I really cared about, was just don't freeze. You don't want the Zoom to freeze. And, and not, But moments before I went on, the producer said, oh, Steve... Your audio's cutting out just a little bit. Can you stand in Shoot. a different place? And I was like, oh, son of a God. But I guess I stood in the right place, and uh, and it all went off without a hitch. The only Listen, thing was, I... Go ahead. 
they tell you not to work with kids or dogs. I worked with both this morning, and we had this release the hounds moment. They asked about the dog, and Rex was going to dart out and jump around and frolic in the snow, and instead he pretty much stopped on the patio and went to take a crap. So that was cool. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Yeah, I I was looking for snow totals this morning and really couldn't find any because it's still snowing. Um, Yeah, the last totals that I saw were from about 9 p.m. last night because they don't update them ad nauseum. It's, I think, like maybe every 12 hours or so you get an update, a new reading. It, I'll tell you what, my backyard, I was like, this is, where is the snow? Is the snow here? Because it was blowing so much. And it was never those big, heavy flakes. But when I stepped in the backyard, it felt like a whole bunch of fresh, deep powder. So Here are totals from 6 a.m. from the National Weather Service. All right. Around town, uh, at their headquarters in Chanhassen, 12.5 inches. Ooh, oh, my God. We got a foot. Yeah, MSP, uh, 10.1 inches. Ooh. <laughs> and our friends out in Wisconsin and Eau Claire, 9.8 inches. And the last band of snow will finish up by noon with an additional 1 to 3 inches of accumulation. Yeah, okay, if that was si- 6 a.m., yeah, it, it was snowing pretty good at 5 and 6 and 7 in the morning. Um, so yeah, maybe, maybe we'll get in Chan up to around, who knows, maybe 14 or 15 inches, but it ended up coming in shy of the 20 to 25 inches that was being rumored at one point. Thankfully. Okay, good. You know, like all Minnesotans though, I end up feeling a mixture. I'm not sure if I'm supposed to feel relieved and excited or a little bit angry because they, you feel like you were teased a little bit like, all right, this is going to be huge. All right, let's prepare for the huge not so much the blizzard-like conditions. It's still a pain in the neck storm. Snow accumulations be darned just because of the the blowing wind and the, the snow that was getting compacted and really making driving a mess. But part of me kind of wishes we had a few more inches. Oh. You're that guy. Okay. I don't know who I am. I mean, this is like being mad for tornado warnings and going into your basement only to find out there was no tornado. There's a I'd meme. rather have the warning. There's a meme that Chris Eggert from Five Eyewitness News shared yesterday on Facebook, and it's super true, and it's like shows this angry guy at a basketball game. So he's sitting there, hands on his hips, furrowed brow, and it says, Minnesotans when the storm doesn't hit them. Minnesotans when the storm hits them. Minnesotans when the storm gives them more snow than they thought. Minnesotans when it gives them less snow than they thought. Essentially, we're always angry. <laughs> Minnesota nice. We're actually But we put just a big smile angry. on. Yes, exactly. We're just angry. Oh, yeah. Oh, sure. Uh, Simmering rage. Hey, but one of the things, noticing being outside, because I was outside earlier today, I think one of the things that we have to give applaud to are all the MDOT crews and the city crews keeping these city streets clean. Because if we had not preemptively ordered the strike on the snow, it probably, our perception of the storm would be a lot different. And I think because totally. they have done such a great job, our perception of the storm is like, well, geez, why is this not so big? Yes. Right. But you're right. If it's but, the other side and they were calling two to four inches and then we get hit with 12, we're like, well, what the heck, everybody? And then it feels yeah. huge. Well, you know, I was looking at some of the cameras on, you know, that the news had of, you know, I don't know, 280, 94. I mean, the streets look pretty clear. They looked... It looked like people were taking the advice of staying people, home. 
not being on the roads, which is great because then it allows, you know, MnDOT to do their job. So, yay. Thank you, guys. Woo! Now, Donna, we thank, thank you for bringing our attention to that. Holly, good shout-out for the Minneapolis roads. That's great. And that's, yeah, that's a tough gig. That's another, it's kind of like a meteorologist, right? You often feel like you're losing, Thankless. probably, if you're MnDOT, if you're a meteorologist, because we don't generally draw attention to them when the roads are clear. We don't generally call attention to them when the uh, forecast is spot on. It's usually the other way around. So shout-out to all of them. You know, they all worked very hard. Yes, very hard, round the clock. I, I have to say, as a meteorologist, I bet this is a really exciting place to work. Oh, my You know, because we have weather. You know, yes. if you're in California, I mean, you're just mailing it in every day, right? Like, hey, okay. Did you hear, though? sunny, 70. They're getting a blizzard warning in Los Angeles. Yeah, I did. That's, That's rare. Exciting. And Oh, I mean, listen, L.A. is already a very dramatic city. Friends, right. I cannot... <laughs> I cannot tell you enough how dramatically they're going to take this. And it may be, look, there may be some serious conditions that come along with it. But Holly lived out in Cali. She knows that when it rains, it's a whole sig alert, stop the traffic, block the lane. Close the city. Sig alert. (laughs) Sig alert was like this term that they're that their uh, traffic would use, and it had to do with when there was an extreme slowdown, a lane closure. So you'd hear, oh, there's a SIG alert this morning on the 405. Time's doubled. Commute time is doubled. SIG alert. Oh, my goodness. Well, some of those places in Los Angeles County up in higher elevations are expecting to get 12 to 24 inches of snow. Oh, wow. wow. That's great. Welcome. Cool. We welcome you. You're late to the yes. party that Join is misery. Club. Um, how about this? When we come back, we have all sorts of fun today. It's a Thursday, which means we're giving away a 24-pack of Pepsi on the 7s, so that's exciting. That's not true, Steve. Thank you for the update, Donna. Uh, when we Stop come back, trying though, to make that a thing. <laughs> it used to be a thing, but when I grew up, radio. Radio used to be good. They used to give out 24 packs of Mountain Dew, which at the time, like, kid you not, cost $4.99, which means if you want it in my neighborhood, you'd have to drive about 30 miles round trip for $5. Anyway, um, we will do College Pop Culture Knowledge 1030, see what Rocco Clock has in store for us at 1130. Sure. When we come back, we've got some things that make you go, huh, I think this is interesting. Can you figure it out? Movie trivia. No actor or actress has won an Oscar for a performance in a movie directed by this person, but that all changed in 2013. Hmm. Who's the director? What was the movie that an actor finally broke through and got a Best uh, Actor Oscar for? That and more. When we come back, you're listening to Donna and Steve on My Talk. Hey, guys. Welcome back. You're listening to Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071, Everything Entertainment. Donna Valentine and Steve Patterson. We got Horo in the house. Holly Roberts. Woo! And uh, we got some uh, random fun facts that we'd like to share with you now. Things that make you go. Give you a little some trivia. Good ones in here. Trivia okay. before the break. Have you already looked at this? I sure have. Ask Holly. Holly, have you looked at any of these trivia questions? I have looked at zero. Okay, great. Donna, you yes. can go light up a Virginia Slim. Okay, well. Take a load off. <laughs> okay. Holly, this trivia question is for you and for you, our humble listener. No actor or actress has won an Oscar for a performance in a movie directed by this person, 
Until 2013, when there was finally a breakthrough for an actor, you could get up to three possible points on this question. Name the director I'm talking about, the movie that was the breakthrough, and the actor who won that Oscar. Wow, that's very challenging. This is like a blind item. It it is. I'm going to say 2013. I'm going to take a guess. Would the director be Martin Scorsese? Not Incorrect. Bad. No. Think, oh. think less rated R. Less rated R. This is kind of like a largely a PG-13, sometimes even a PG director. Is it a Steven Spielberg? We've got one out of three. Okay. Woo! Now we're Woo. getting there. That's the, right, that's the one you need to break through. Here we go. Big money. Again, the... No actor or actress had won a, a, an, ox, a, an acting Oscar up until this actor did in 2013 for this oh. Steven Spielberg-directed movie. She got it. Got it! Daniel Day-Lewis for the movie wow. Lincoln. That's three for three. Yes! Holly. That's Robert. good, Holly. You oh should go on a gosh. show like Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Something like that. Yeah, I'll yes. try that sometime. Okay, great. Isn't that something? It's very surprising. Like, he's been at it a very long time, but I guess the types of movies that he does don't get nominated, you know, for actor. You think things like E.T. I mean, this year, Michelle Williams, probably, for um, The Fablemans. I wanna, I'm going to do a little pop quiz on you right now, Donna. I'm scared. Just because of how our brains work sometimes. And I don't know if I would pass this, but I'm the one who's running this segment, and so you're in the hot seat. All right. You you have 30 seconds. No, I don't like that part. Uh, Ooh, I'm I sorry, but you do. I got a countdown for that. Oh, no, you do? Yeah. Don't, 30 All right, don't, seconds. Don't start the 30 seconds until I uh, finish asking the question. Donna, name yeah. five movies directed by Steven Spielberg. Um, Raiders of the Lost Ark. E.T. Firestarter, The Fablemans, and Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg. How many did I name? Four? Three. Uh, only three are actually directed by Firestarter. Oh, no. oh sorry. E.T. That doesn't count. E- no, we gave you E.T. Firestarter. We did not give you. Oh, okay. Not Raiders of the Lost Ark. No, we gave you that one, Donna. I oh, just said we you- didn't give you Firestarter. <laughs> Oh, Time's sorry. Up. Sorry, I think you cut out. Seriously, I do. Um, hmm. Darn it. No, what's the one with Harrison Ford? Isn't that... What is that one? Now, listen, Indiana I, Jones. I don't Indiana know if Jones. I would have done any better. But you, you said it, Donna. Raiders of the Lost Ark. That is an Indiana and Jones movie. Why didn't I say... I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game. And you can play along. The item might be like, This A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Lincoln. <laughs> Why you could have said you? I thought Lincoln, even with that, Lincoln and E.T. and Fablemans, we got three out of five. Can you name two more? Well, and she got Raiders of the Lost Ark, so that's four. Just one more. Oh shoot! I don't oh, there's know. There's some here that I didn't even know. 
I think there's you? a scary one in there. How about uh, what's the one with do 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 do? What do you call that one? Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Do, do, do. That one. Yep. There you go. <laughs> nice, Donna. Does yeah, that count, Donna? Sure. Yes. Woo, woo. You did it. All right. Just outside it's of the hard. thirty seconds, but you. I know it is hard. I know. Life is what hard. What else did he direct? Give us, give us a list. All right, stand by. Uh, let's see here. Because I think it can get a little confusing when you look at what he's directed versus what he has produced. Produced. Um, Amistad. Uh, Jurassic Park. Oh. Hook. Oh, really? Uh, oh, Empire of the Sun. The Color oh, yeah, Purple. Sure. I did uh, not know that. Yeah. Uh, I had yeah. no idea. Jaws. Jaws. Fire that, Light. Damn. But that was way back. That was oh. 1964. Um, mm-hmm. The Post. He directed The Post. Mm-hmm. West Side Story last year. Mm, that's right. Ready Player One a few years ago. Uh, Bridge of Spies. War Horse. Yeah, Remember now you're War getting Horse? into... I did see War Horse. That was great. He double dipped that year in 2011. He also directed The Adventures of Tintin. Tintin. War of the Worlds. The Terminal. Oh, The Terminal. That's a great... Catch Me If You Can. I never saw the terminal. I need to see that. That guy still living there, or did he die? I think he recently passed away. Mm-hmm. Okay, sorry. That guy still living there, or did he die? <laughs> Boy, what a delicate touch she offers when hanging in the balance is, you know, a man's life. This is, this is about a guy who lived at the airport in Paris? I don't know, Donna. All right, sorry. I'm not sure. <laughs> um... Give you another one. We got a little time here. The height of Mount Everest was originally calculated in the year 1865 at exactly 29,000 feet, but it was published as being 29,002 feet because scientists were afraid that people would assume 29,000 was just a rounded estimate. It is now considered to be 29,031 feet above sea level because I think sea levels are dropping. I don't know. I'm not a climatologist. <laughs> Pocahontas and William Shakespeare, they died less than one year apart. And they both died in England. He died in April of 1616, and she died about 150 miles away in 1617. What, what a wonder it would have been to have been alive in the 1600s. Wonder what it really felt like living it day in and day out. Because they didn't have the romantic retrospect that we do when we look back on years gone by, which is why I always tell people, if you can put the Woody Allen allegations aside, Midnight in Paris is a marvelous movie that has to do with time gone by and how you think all the other eras were better than yours. Hmm. It's true. All right. Thanks, Steve. You got that it, buddy. super fun. All right, when we come back, you know, it seems like my Bialik is not really liked by Jeopardy fans. We'll break it down. Hey, guys, we're back. Donna and Steve on My Talk 107.1, Everything Entertainment. We were just talking about Steven Spielberg in the last segment, and we got an email from Roseanne who says, Amigos. You really need to watch The Making of Jaws on Hulu. It's so good, and to think there were so many what-if-that-hadn't-happened moments, the movie would not have been made. 
She watched it last night, and it's worth our time. There you go. Huh. The Making of Jaws. Find it on Hulu. I'm writing it down. It's on the list, Roseanne. Making of Jaws. Now, is that going to go above Inception? <laughs> oh, yeah. Donna. For sure. I'll watch this today. Oh, oh this is a great time. <laughs> You're holed up at your house. You know, just blowing your nose all the time. This is a perfect time to watch Inception. (laughs) Honest to goodness. Perfect, Donna. Holly, do I need to watch this one? Yeah. Yeah, Yeah, you got to be in the mood, Donna. Was this assigned to you by somebody? Listen, Donna has never submitted herself to formal assignments like I have. By the way, still tardy. I'm sorry, I need an extra week, Professor. I totally forgot to watch this Spinal Tap last week. Um, So I'll get a demerit. I won't get graded aside. But here's the thing, Steve. Until you watch this Spinal Tap, Donna does not have to watch Inception. Thank you. So I have to complete mine first. Yes. May I? Are you taking pushback on this? Let me just offer one more thing, Holly. She has almost never submitted herself to any uh, suggested movie that I have sent her way. She always adds it to her quote-unquote list, which is now hurtful, because I know that she files that away in her I don't give a dang (laughs) folder, right? Listen, I watched a couple of shows on your recommendation. I watched Cobra Kai, loved it. I watched um, it. I quit after a couple seasons. Two seasons, that's all you need. Then I um, watched Mighty Ducks. Super cute, stressed me out, had to not watch that. Well, it's canceled now, so don't worry about it. Did it get canceled after season two? Yeah. Over on Disney Plus. Mm -hmm. They took took Gordon Bombay away. Gordon Bombay did not come back for season two. They had some sort of a contractual stipulations, fine line, whatever stuff. Or was he canceled? I don't think he was canceled. No, he he opted not to come back. There was some... There was some rumor that it may have been, I think, at the time over, like, different protocol that they had in place. Yeah. I don't know if it was that, but whatever it was, it was a bummer as the viewer that Gordon Bombay was not there for season two. So we've watched a few episodes. That first season, though, was great. And the fact that it stressed you out, yet you can watch these serial killer things and then just tuck (laughs) yourself away and count sheep as you go to sleep was just, it's worthy of study from a psychiatrist. (laughs) We'll revisit Donna's assignment, Steve, once you complete yours. Thank you, Halls. Mm -hmm. Okay. Girl Um, power. Steve, I have, or Holly, maybe this question is more for you. How do you feel about Maya Bialik on hosting Jeopardy? Do you like her? Steve, what do you think? (laughs) I don't know. Honestly, I don't know because I have never seen Mayim Bialik host a game of Jeopardy. So I don't know. I legit don't know. I've probably only seen one episode. Um, I've seen a few. Yeah. I mean, I think she's fine. You know, here's the interesting thing about hosts is there are many people who can be good at at a job who you could put. I could name a bunch of different names and say, and now they're the host of Jeopardy and they're the host of Jeopardy and they'd be good. Jeopardy's this is very difficult for them because Alex Trebek was magnificent at it. Yes. And so yes. and he was so beloved as a staple of people's living rooms you know and so trying to find somebody who who fits the bill there is tricky so i think maybe my and bialik running up against a little bit of that any of her naysayers online are probably having a, attempting to have her fill the tv void 
that Alex Trebek left. And that's not fair. You kind of have to men in black yourself, you know, and just forget what happened before on Jeopardy. And had I never seen this sure. show before, that's my guess as to why some people push it back. Why? What are you reading? Okay, so I saw a story yesterday or the day before where fans are just dying to have Ken Jennings back because Mayim usually does like the special stuff, you know, the tournaments and things like that. Ken Jennings was doing the regular Alex Trebek stuff. Right. He's on hiatus. Fans are going nuts. They're like, oh, my God, if I have to watch one more episode with Maya Bialik, you know, and people are just, she's getting a little backlash. So there was an article that did a little, did a little research as to, like, what is this really about? And on the one hand, people, I think, initially were excited that there was a woman hosting and one who was very intelligent. She's a neuroscientist. So that kind of gives her street cred, right? But then comments started rolling in about some of the controversial past comments she's made, um, her stance on vaccines. In her book, she talks about how she and her partner decided not to vaccinate their kids, but said it was a very personal decision after a lot of research, which every parent can research themselves and come to their own decision. This wasn't necessarily about COVID, but it the comments resurfaced during COVID and people were questioning the fact that she's a scientist. How can she feel this way? She did follow up and said that her kids have been vaccinated against COVID. It's not, it's not about that, but, you know, other things that whatever. But people hear, you know, kind of what they want to hear in a lot of cases. Mm-hmm. Then people pointed out her uh, comments about Harvey Weinstein. Remember this? Um, she did like an op-ed piece where she talked about how she... The, it, this was about Harvey Weinstein, and she said, you know what, I dress modestly, I don't flirt. And she said, you know, had a bunch of comments like that. And, of course, people are taking that as if she were placing blame on the victims. She eventually issued an apology saying, you are never responsible for being assaulted. I hope you can forgive me. Point is, I think a lot of people are can't let go of that. You know, and when they see her, that's what they think of. You know, then then she got some backlash from Jeopardy fans when there was a question during, I don't know what kind of tournament it was, but it had to do with national anthems. And one of the questions had to do with the British national anthem. Hmm. Contestant answers, God save the queen. People are like, no, it's God save the king because the queen isn't here. We don't know if the episode was taped you know, or mm-hmm. not, Yeah. you know, months earlier. Um, then she called Jeopardy first round. Ra- Did she call it first round? She called the first round of the game, I'm sorry, single Jeopardy. And people, you know, fans really care a lot about the details. You know what this sounds like? But on the other hand, I wonder if men would be getting the same kind of and and I will just say this, I am not a fan of my Bialik. But I do kind of wonder if a little bit of it is... Ooh, misogyny! Misogyny! You know, what, what I gather from those splintered stories is 
it's kind of like when you have if someone's made up their mind about somebody and, and yeah and, and i don't mean based on all those stories i mean they watch them and for whatever reason um and I'm not dismissing what Holly's suggesting here, but this is a different perspective on this. You know, in, in the world of uh, radio and television, when you have microphones and cameras in front of you, we're all kind of like different flavors of ice cream, right? And some people, I'm Rocky Road, and some people love Rocky Road, and some people hate Rocky Road. And you just sort of come to determine that. So I'm using that as a, maybe some people, let's let's call her Neapolitan, because that's an underrated flavor of ice cream, right? Chocolate, you get vanilla and strawberry, all in the same scoop. Fancy. And uh, they they don't, they just, for whatever reason, they don't click with her. And then, so they, it's almost like they reverse engineer it. And so then they find all of these things that they think are now supporting their cause. Like, well, she shouldn't be because she called it single jeopardy once. But if it was somebody you liked, or maybe to Holly's point, if it was a guy, uh, then maybe they wouldn't be bringing that up. You know what I'm saying? And so it's... Yeah, it's it's kind of interesting. Well, and she also she usually follows up by trying to clarify. Like as far as the Harvey Weinstein stuff, she did put out right a, an apology and said, "I am so sorry. I hope you can forgive me." Right, and and you know also regarding the vaccination stuff. I mean, cold hard facts here, friends. It is not law to get vaccinated. You have friends right. who aren't vaccinated who, by the right. way, are too afraid to tell you, whoever you are, random listener that they're not vaccinated because they think that you are going to now reduce them. In, yes, into some crazy homeopathic, what a, you know, go down the whole thing. People still have freedom of choice with that. And so, right. you know, usually a lot of, I don't know, I get it. They're trying to say, oh, someone's trying to be reckless. Somebody else is saying, okay, maybe she's a scientist, but not all scientists agree. There wasn't a convention where everybody said, we all agree we all submit this is the same exact research. And so, you know, it's like, I, I think it's good. She walk, walks back and apologizes, owns those Harvey Weinstein comments, particularly as someone, as a victim of that abuse, mm-hmm. would hear that and be like, wait, this is on me? You know? So, yeah, she did that right yeah. in there. But it feels like people, for whatever reason, kind of made up their mind as like should she be the jeopardy host and then oh wait no wait yeah i'm not i'm not digging her all right what about this what about this what about this old article what about this podcast interview right right well she's certainly not guilty of you know some of the stuff mike richards had been you know alleged oh oh my goodness the executive producer on jeopardy who made himself the host (sighs) (laughs) lest we forget about that debacle but what I'm hearing from both you, Donna, and Steve, they're all correct. You know, like it, it, yeah. it, it is all these people who miss Alex Trebek. They miss the vibe that he had. You cannot recreate that vibe. That vibe is now done. People fighting against that. People thinking right. that it should be a different a different way when Mayim Bialik brings her perspective to the show and they don't like mm-hmm. it. They they are their Rocky Road versus Neapolitan. Right. It, it is all of that. Listen, and you know what? And let me throw myself into this same lot here, too. I was a big fan of Bob Barker, and I found him very difficult to replace. Drew Carey is decidedly different than Bob Barker, and it's just not the flavor of ice cream in a hosting role like that that I like. On whose line is it anyway? Great. There's something that isn't fitting for me, and yeah. you know, it's not like a personal thing against Drew Carey. It's just like, okay, this is different. I'll still watch The Price is Right on a sick day. 
But I'm, you know, but it's like, okay, this isn't exactly the thing. But I think, yeah, people really grow an attachment to long-tenured hosts in a given thing. There's a real personal well, connection. Well, I, I think it also has to do with the age-old people don't like change. Mm. Yes. Donna, we nailed just don't it. like change. Nailed it. Just want to keep it the same. The J curve, ladies and gentlemen. Somebody explained this to me years ago, and I thought, oh yes, what a true truth. Which is picture the letter J. Once change is introduced, that's the little hook part of the J. And then what happens? It goes down, 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 down for a while. And then eventually it comes back up, but still we're only at about even. But give it enough time, and then the line goes far above where things started. But yes, we are such creatures of habit in almost every sense of the phrase that I could come, somebody could come in today and say, all right, you're going to work. Uh, your show's only two hours now. Pay is the same. And at first you'd be like, Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. We kind of had a thing, and what about our 11 o'clock, and we do this? But we're open to it, right, Donna? 9 yeah. to 11. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Bring that crap on. <laughs> absolutely. Right. Let's Thanks take a breather here. Okay. Um, when we come back, we'll get into a little see something, say something. So the Oscars has a crisis team in place, just hmm. in case. I'll tell you what that would look like. Uh, and then is this smart or is this risky? Find out what parents did so that they're little one, would be uh, able to ride a lot of the rides at Disney. Tell you about that. When we come back, you're listening to Donna and Steve on My Talk. Good morning. Welcome back. Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071. Everything Entertainment. Hey, Steve. Hey, ma'am. How's it going over there in uh, Chaska? Is that where you live? I live in Chaska. Yeah, that's where one of my properties is. Great. I just wanted to say it just to see how it felt. Sounds good. It felt powerful. You must feel it must be a real power play when you're like, where am I? Where am I going to do my weekend? Do I want to do it here in the Twin Cities, or do I want to go to my alternate property near a lake? Oh, I said when you can turn a season into a verb. Mm -hmm. Mm. Oh yeah. Where should we summer? (laughs) Right. (laughs) Donna, winter weekends at the cabins. No, Donna, we're happy for all of your success. You have really broken... Thanks, Steve. <clears throat> excuse me, let me finish. I need to read this as written. Okay. You have really broken down a lot of barriers for those of us who have come in behind you, and we thank you. I, I wrote that late You're last welcome. night. All right, thank you for that. I appreciate it. All right, let's, uh, let's talk about this Oscar crisis team. Should I roll the beautiful bean footage? <laughs> Make it sure, happen. why not? Hey, if you see something, say something. Oh, that is catchy, huh? Time for If You See Something, Say Something with Donna and Steve. If you see something, say something. Come on and party tonight. I don't know if you guys watched the Oscars last year (laughs) or heard, but right before Questlove won an award, um, Will Smith slapped Chris Rock pretty hard. And then yelled some insanities at him and stuff like that. Anyway, kind of killed the mood. So, since that happened now, it was sort of unprecedented. Nobody did anything. I mean, Tyler Perry and Denzel Washington talked to Will Smith. But, goodness, what was it? About an hour later, there was a standing ovation in the room for the slapper, Will Smith in this case, as he then won an Oscar. So... Afterward, people were like, wait a minute. He should have been escorted from the room. He assaulted somebody. Why was he still there? Why was everybody standing and cheering after they had witnessed that? A very weird moment for any human to be involved in in that room. Some more than others, for sure. 
Lupita Nyong'o. Remember her face? She was like right behind. She was right behind <laughs> it as Will was yelling. It's like any other. It's always cool to be seated behind Will Smith on a night when he's not nominated for an Oscar. Until he slaps somebody. Because you get all those great cutaway <laughs> shots, but it's not totally on you, but you look great in the background. Then he slaps a dude. So with that, the Oscars now prepared for anything. They have assembled a crisis team. Crisis team, assemble! An Academy executive told Time Magazine, quote, because of last year, we've opened our minds to the many things that could happen at the Oscars. But these crisis plans... Uh, the, the crisis communication teams and structures that we've got in place will allow them, the Academy, to say, all right, look, this is the group that we've got that can gather very quickly. And then depending on the specifics of the crisis, it, uh, it, you know, they're obviously hoping that nothing happens, but then they would have a framework in place and a team in place. So had this been in place last year, Will Smith slaps Chris Rock. Crisis team assembles, presumably lowered in from harnesses high above the crowd, and then they dramatically appear on stage. And I don't know what do they do. It almost reminds me like you know the Spider Man <laughs> meme where they're all pointing at each other. Like, what's the crisis team yeah. going to do in a Will Smith situation? I guess they go over to him and then just try to escort him out of the situation. I don't know, but there's a crisis Good team hook. that will be at the you Oscars. <laughs> Yeah, big vaudevillian hook. <laughs> but you don't see a lot of it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yep, that's it. Totally. Uh, and go straight to commercial. Uh-huh. I mean, I Are, think it's a good idea to have something. We've asked for a crisis team it. on our show. That'd be nice. College of Pop Culture Knowledge, things get a little tense. Crisis mm-hmm. team assembles. Yeah, yesterday, Rocco just giving you the answers. I'm just sitting here going, okay, really? Spoon-fed me. It was like being a baby and getting sweet potato. He all but airplane noised it to me. (laughs) Rocco! It was awesome. Yeah, he does it all the time. It's fine. Anyway. It's it's retroactive anger. He got fired a few months ago, so, you know, he's lashing out. I do sometimes. fired. Okay. He did not get fired. He just went back to his normal job. Oh, we got a real stickler for the details, everyone. Hey, <laughs> teacher's pet is here. Oh, corrections and omissions. Letter to the editor. Sometimes I think back to the Oscars last year. Yeah. And I'm so glad that Chris Rock did not physically respond because it would have been an all-out brawl. Had he, oh my God. Had he decided to hit back in that moment, yeah. and then Will Smith, who can overpower Chris Rock, he would have, just as a human being in that situation, if you're already revved up, now you kind of feel pot committed to the ordeal. And mm-hmm. I mean, they could have been fighting on the Oscar stage. And imagine like Denzel's up there trying to pull people by the jacket just to get them off of each other. Thank goodness that didn't happen. Thanks, Steve, for that story. You're welcome, gang. That's great. Thanks for your imagination. Mm-hmm. Mm. Okay, what's the story about the kids and the and the parents? There's a couple that is getting a lot of internet attention right now. I'll put it that way. Do you think that this is a risky thing that they did? Or like kind of fun? Oh, maybe that's smart. Uh, there are two people named Ty and Haley Kelly. They live in Florida. They run a popular TikTok channel where they post videos about their kids. 
but they've been catching a little bit of heat for this hack that they did. So what essentially they did, they wanted to get their son onto more rides at Disney World. That's kind of the premise of the video. They essentially added lifts to his shoes to give him an extra inch or two that was needed to hit the 38-inch mark so he could go on more adult rides. They cut the tops of some flip-flops. They stuck the soles to the bottom of his shoes with Gorilla Glue. And we've all seen what Gorilla Glue can do before. Hashtag Mm -hmm. Gorilla Glue Girl. Remember the hair situation? Sure do. Anyway, some people immediately responded and were like, Best parents ever. What a hack. You you know, think of it this way. You've saved up all this money to go to Disney World. Your daughter or son is now only two inches away from riding like eight more rides at the park. They thought it was genius. But there's been a lot of backlash as well. In fact, one of the, the, the guy in this video, Ty, he had to post a follow-up video defending himself. And he did reveal that his son actually is tall enough for the rides, even in normal shoes. He measured him on camera to prove it. But there were some parents who were like, hey, that could have been dangerous. One Disney employee weighed in and said it does happen sometimes. They've been trained to look at kids' shoes to make sure that they have not been tampered with. And I saw a picture, too. I think, like, the bottom part of the shoe was brown and the top part was blue. But some people were like, but wait, the harnesses, they're they're a certain, they're meant to keep a child of a certain size Right. Safe. If they could slip out of the harness or whatever you call the thing when you go on a roller coaster that goes over your shoulders, I guess right. that's a harness, right? Yeah. Yeah. If they could slip out of that bad idea, I don't. I, I feel like this was a joke. Yeah. Obviously, if their kid is tall enough, but listen, Tom Cruise has probably been doing this for years. Donna! I... <laughs> don't you usually keep I'm... lifts inside of the shoe? Yes. So that nobody knows. Right. Yeah. So I would say it depends on how old the kid is. If you're talking about, you know, a 14-year-old kid who happens to be short, you know what I mean? Like, he's 14. He should be old enough to go on here. You're right, Donna. But also, I'm not sure how much difference two inches makes in these harness situations. Now, I should let you know I'm not an engineer. But it feels like, eh. I don't know if it's enough to have one bad accident. Oh, that's all it would then, take. And then you did it for social media clout mm. for your TikTok account. Smash that like Yeah. Button. And then you're putting yeah. your child just, in danger. Just knock it off. Like Very also, irresponsible. Yeah, very irresponsible. Also, don't even get me started on the fact that your whole TikTok channel are your children it's consenting to be kids. in those videos. Yeah. Are right? they are they contractually protected from you? Are they getting money? Steve. I, Steve. <laughs> I put all the kids on national television this morning, including two neighbor girls. <laughs> I was like, wait, say hi, Kelly and Ryan. But you're not putting them in danger by, by putting lifts on. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking, I could, I'm I could see the, the roundtable discussion. Yeah, here. I'm thinking of the kids, man. I'm thinking of the kids. My favorite part of what you just had to say, Holly, you said knock it off, and people <laughs> don't use that phrase often anymore. Cut it out. I <laughs> Joey, do. Them. Cut it. They don't say I cut like, it out. knock it off. I hear knock it off all the time. By yes. who? Friends, girlfriends, knock it off. Maybe if somebody says something mean about themselves, thing. I gotta go cry now. Knock it off. Oh, bye. bye. All right, bye. We'll be back. Bye.